When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. We are hanging with our super producer, Paul Deckett, today. And we are off to the races, semi-literally. Yeah. Tangentially. Well, yeah, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't commit any infractions along the way, right? Right. Yes, yeah, it's true. Uh, we have, um, we've all been in this situation, folks, where you are, you are perhaps in a, an argument in what corporate America might call a healthy conversation or a, <laughs> or a relationship uh, conversation or whatever. And we've all wanted to be able to go back and point to inarguable proof uh, about one thing or another. Mm-hmm. And this is part of human nature and it's very, very, very apparent in um, in competitive sports, even more so in competitive sports like racing, like yeah. NASCAR. We're talking about we're talking about a sport where in milliseconds matter and can decide uh, the difference between first and second place. It's even tighter than a game of inches, really. I mean, yeah. you've heard the term, right? Game mm-hmm. of inches. It's even, it's even tighter than that. It's even tighter than, uh, you know, a tenth of a second. It's, it's down to hundreds or thousands of seconds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and how do you, how do you, how do you monitor all of that? Especially when you're talking about a sport as complex as NASCAR. And I might, I know you might think it's not that complex, but if you've ever watched Pit Road, uh, when everybody's pitting, the, the chaos that's happening there, trying to figure out what's going on, who's, you know, who, who's in the right, who's in the wrong when something happens. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the officials that are in charge of, of, um, officiating really the event, you know, the officiating what's happening during that pit stop, they've got a lot to consider. There's, there's far more happening than they're able to take in. And they used to have a small army of guys, a cadre yeah. of NASCAR officials <laughs> whose job was to, uh, who's, I, I'm just la- I'm not, I'm laughing because it sounds like such a tall order. Their job was to monitor everything that was happening. Pit Road, which uh, Scott just mentioned, 
is that strip of pavement where cars pull off for pit stops. Pretty self-explanatory. Oh, sure. I think everybody knows what pit road is. But we're talking so. about we're talking about over the wall, really, right? Right. If you want to be, get technical about it, it's mm-hmm. where the cars are, where the people that are changing the tires, they're adding the fuel, that kind of thing, are happening. And we did and, a and, pretty uh, cool episode on uh, the the crews, the pit crews. And how how quickly they work? Oh yeah, for a lot of different series, right? You know, down to well, I guess it was NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula mm-hmm. One. You know, all those. How long it takes? And um, I think NASCAR right now is right around twelve seconds, somewhere around there, is their is their pit stop length. Uh, they do a lot during that twelve seconds, and a lot can happen during that twelve. They seconds. They do more in those twelve seconds than I do. Like with my weekend. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're going to say all day, but I guess you're right. All weekend. You're right. All weekend. No, when I'm here, I have to do stuff. <laughs> I'm at my house. That's a funny I, thought. Yeah, I'm like high-fiving myself because I put some laundry in. I, I think know? there used to be a, a, an army commercial, wasn't it? It's like we do more before 6 a.m. than most people do all day. Yeah, I think – uh, I can't remember if it was Army, but it, it, it feels Close. like it was Armed Forces something. Yeah, I don't remember which branch, but I think I think it was Army. But, uh, yeah, you can imagine that, you know, with that mo- amount of activity happening and, you know, a pit official or two for each pit box, um, you know, to try to watch what's going on. And not only that, you know, there's a vehicle that's speeding at them, you know, they're back. Uh, at 60 miles an hour, hopefully missing them as it pulls in the pit box. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was a tough situation for you know the uh, the NASCAR officials. So there is a uh, there's a workaround now, and I don't know if, if you know if, if a lot of people here in our audience are NASCAR fans. I think there's a fair amount. I don't think that sure. everybody is by any means, but it's still an interesting thing that's going on here. Even if you're not a fan of NASCAR, you know, still pay attention because. This may be coming to a sport that you love as well. Yes. And it probably already has come to a sport that you love. We're, we're talking about a company, um, or we will be talking about a company, by the name of Hawkeye Innovations. Now, if you go to HawkeyeInnovations.com, you'll find out that they have technology that's in place for soccer, cricket, tennis, uh, NASCAR, as we said, rugby. Badminton. Uh, you have volleyball, <laughs> basketball, ice hockey, field hockey, horse racing, snooker. Uh, <laughs> snooker. Very, um, very bloody and competitive all, sport. <laughs> yeah, in fact, in fact, all track and field athletics. We're talking about um, uh, multi-sport events like the Olympics. The, I think there were 20 Olympics that um, – 20 sports in the Olympics in, in London, I think it was in, what, 2012, mm-hmm. uh, where they, they officiated as well – or not officiated, but provide – uh, these augmented reality services for. Now, if you've watched sports recently, you know that augmented reality or enhanced production uh, for broadcast is something really important to the fans. Right, right. Like if you are in the U.S. and you, you catch uh, a U.S. football game, you know, one of the coolest things is the uh, the line. That they project across sure. the field, right? Yeah, yeah that's, I mean that's a simple version of it, right? Mm-hmm. There's even more complex versions of it for tennis or yeah. uh, or golf or you know whatever, where they can show the trajectory of the ball, you know, like where the ball lands on the on the line, uh, so that they can ensure that every call that's made by the the person there, the officiating of, you know, official, I guess, um, as, as being a good call or a bad call, and that that's how they review these as well by looking at these. Um, uh, these, I guess maybe, um, enhanced 
vision of what of what's really happening on the field that they provide to the umpires or the uh, the line judges in order mm-hmm. for them to review. But at home, if you're at home watching this on television, it looks really slick. It looks like um, you know they're able to give you the the ball spin rate on a tennis ball. They're able to give you the serve speed, of course, which they've been doing that for a long time. Um, and and it's better than just like a super slow mo thing because again it shows you the ball trajectory and it can even show you the path that it's taken for the last uh, I don't know three or four volleys across the net. Um, it's just it's really fascinating. That's one example. I mean, take that to rugby or or NASCAR as we're going to talk about today. Or if you, I don't know how many cricket fans we have in the audience, but you know, cricket's actually a big sport overseas, not here in the states, right? Uh, but it's it's pretty big over there. And actually, um, uh, Hawkeye originated uh, in cricket. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that yeah. was their first uh, venture into this sort of thing. Yeah, quick uh, – I can interject a little background about them if you like. Of course. All right. So uh, they were developed by a guy named Paul Hawkins and that's pretty cool to have your last name be Hawkins and to name the thing Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Fits. Totally fits. Part of me hopes that he insists his employees call him Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like on MASH, right? Hawkeye. Yeah. He's at that yeah. level. Sure. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Paul Hawkins, if you're hearing this, please write in. Oh, excuse me. Hawkeye, if you're hearing this, please write in. <laughs> uh, so originally, the system came around in 2001 for uh, cricket on TV, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it works with six to seven high-performance cameras. Uh, they track a ball from different angles and then they – Create a 3D representation of where it's most likely to be. Huh, okay. Uh, and we'll get in, we'll get into the details and the equipment specifically that, uh, NASCAR uses. That NASCAR uses. Yeah. yeah. A lot more cameras. A lot more cameras. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's their basic cricket setup. They actually, uh, spun off the company to Hawkeye Innovations to focus just on this sports technology and, uh, Makes perfect sense. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic when you see it at home. I mean, it has yeah. an incredible broadcast, uh, um, um, a viewability, I guess. I don't know, I don't know what, what better way to say that. I mean, it's an right. enhanced experience for the viewer that, that really adds to the excitement of it. Oh, thing. you know, I hear a lot of, uh, newscasters saying this. The optics. Oh, have you yeah. heard that? I have, yeah. It's kind of a ridiculous, fluffy phrase, but in this, in, in well, this you know, situation. Well, consider this. I mean, think about a sport like ice hockey where the puck oh, right. is moving so fast and it's so hard to see from a wide angle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this, a system like this really helps you because they're able to, uh, you know, show you more at home than you are able to see if you were, um, you know, just watching on some grainy old television or something, right. uh, you know, with with modern, you know, HDTVs and, uh, you know, large screens, it's a lot easier to begin with. But this really, really enhances it. I mean, and they're sure that it's a goal. Every time there's a goal, they're sure that it's a goal. Right. No ifs, ands, or buts. Same, same thing with a soccer ball, same thing with a hockey puck, mm-hmm. um, with a cricket, uh, what do you call it, a ball? a ball? Is it a ball, a cricket ball? Yeah, it's ball? a ball. That's it? They just call it a cricket ball? I mean, they might have some weird name for it, like the Wonker or uh, something. Well, I yeah, don't know. I was hoping that there was something like that. I don't know. I thought maybe I could just come up with it just like that. But, I should uh, have just lied to you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, whatever the sport is, if it has a ball, a puck, or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, they're able to determine that, yes, indeed, it did cross the plane of the goal, and it is a goal. So this is, uh, this is pretty important. I'm longtime NASCAR fans, you know that NASCAR – like a lot of other racing organizations, it's a study and disruptive technology on some level mm-hmm. because there is constant innovation and 
just like just like with Formula One, the race teams are always trying to see how far they can push a rule, right? Bend, bend the rules, right? Bend the rules. How many times on this podcast have we talked about rule benders, particularly in NASCAR? Right. I mean, right. That, that seems to be where a lot of that is born, really. I mean, it seems like those are always the guys that are just pushing and bending as much as possible. Uh, just really, really reading over the rules and and finding that little tiny loophole and then taking advantage of that. And then by the next race, it's it's changed. You know, the rules have changed. Yeah. In fact, that's one of the problems with with what's happening in the NASCAR pit area is that the rules are changing so fast. There's so many rules mm-hmm. that a lot of the teams can't keep up with them. So the NASCAR officiating team is, is inf- enforcing or imposing penalties on the teams when they don't even know they did anything wrong. They'll have to show them, and, and, and this is a great learning tool for the teams as well. They, they learn a lot of things that they didn't know before. Perfect point. So this also means uh, the, this constant churn of rules and constant revision uh, also means that NASCAR itself, the organization itself, has to innovate their technology. Now, for a while, for a long time, their old system was uh, – as as one author describes it, forty guys in fire suits, yeah, who had to watch both the vehicle and the pit crew while the vehicle was driving toward them at sixty mph. And the problem with that, obviously, is human error. You know, we've got one person trying to watch multiple people, uh, and each of those multiple people that are under supervision could do any uh, any single number of infractions. Oh, you know, sure, yeah. Any, any single infraction or a number of infractions, maybe accidentally. So automating this or using um, a technological edge could greatly improve the accuracy of NASCAR so long as it worked. So they did a test. Yeah, now I think it's six crew members over the wall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the, uh, the official that was standing out at the corner of the pit box is, you know, not only worried about the car that's speeding up behind them, the race car, and of course, you know, the, the, the driver of the race car is more concerned about hitting his marks in the box than the official that's standing there. Sometimes right. they overlook that. It's easy to do. You know, you get that, uh, that tunnel vision, I guess. And it's happening so fast. And, and six crew members, he's trying to watch what six crew members are doing because there's specifics about when they're able to even touch the ground. Uh, as a car pulls in, there's, there's so much to watch, you know, and as they leave, you know, during the pit stop and everything. So, um, they did a test, right? They did this test and I don't remember what year this test happened. Was it, mm-hmm. was it in 2015 or is it, when, is 2015 when they implemented the system? I can't remember. It's, uh, uh, it but was, it's, it was around or slightly before 2015. All right. So right in, right in that area. And the test was, um, you know, just simply allow the system to, to happen. You know, let, let the, let the system operate well. They still had the officials on the ground. Well, they're still in the pit boxes. Right. And then they pitted them against each other and they determined, they found out that the officials on the ground called three penalties during that race. Mm-hmm. The Hawkeye system caught 177 penalty and for, you know, like infractions in the pit during that same time. And again, those 177 were all legit. Yeah, that's what that's, those are penalties that, you know, the, the officials that were on the ground just simply missed. They, they simply overlooked because they were either distracted, looking the wrong way. The, uh, the crew knows that they're on the other side of the car, can't see what I'm doing over here. Right. That, that type of thing was going on. Well, it's one human being monitoring uh, six people for the span of 12 seconds with a limited vantage point. So the number, it's not surprising that Hawkeye would have a higher rate, but it is astonishing, uh, the, the degree of difference between the two systems. So you're probably wondering, were all 177 of these legit? The answer is yes. 
You may also be wondering, how the heck does this thing work? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, and Ben, you had hinted that we were going to talk about how this thing works, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, I explicitly said it. I well, hope we a, get to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. That's a, that's a, that's a big part of this episode, right? Uh-huh. So, um, all right, so the, the thing is, this system is uh, 46 cameras, and they overlap. They, uh, they, they view typically two pit boxes each, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the two pit boxes, you know, th- these are mounted, um, if you're thinking about where in a, uh, let's say that you're in an oval track, and the pit road, the pit road is in front of you, and you're in the grandstands. They're above and behind you. They're on the the top of the uh, um, top of the grandstands. If you want to look at it that way, they're eight high definition tel- television cameras. I think the uh, the make of them is Sony. I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't really need to read to you the stats of the cameras or anything. But um, each one again covers two pit boxes, and they overlap. The cameras double check each other, and then triangulate the vehicles and pit crews locations. Now Hawkeye can cut the image into different layers and check them against 3D models. Um, you know, of of the entire road, uh, between with a, with a um, uh, they're a little bit behind real time, just by yeah. like like point one or point two of a second. 
but the systems pre-identify the infractions and then, you know, it, notice like, let's say if a driver's driving through what they call the forbidden box, which mm-hmm. is, I think, the fourth box out from their, their pit box. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I've got an example of that. Um, and then the official re- reviews it in slow motion if necessary. So they're in this, they're in this giant trailer that uh, you would not suspect is what it is, really. It's it's parked on the paddock area, or in the paddock area, yeah. you know, back where the, the race trailers are. It's just simply a uh, a large black trailer. It's unmarked, no decals, no ID, anything like that. Mm. And it's loaded with NASCAR officials. And they've each got two monitors to watch. The monitors are, uh, you know, like a laptop right in front of them, so they can, you know, input whatever they have to, any, any kind of data. Uh, the other one is a – think about it like a uh, like a large television screen right in front of them that's mounted on the wall. With a live feed. Yeah, with, that's the live feed. You're right. And it will automatically start feeding the pit stops to each each person. They're not, I, they're not reviewing the same one. They're all reviewing different pit stops. Right. But these are all, again, NASCAR officials that are, that are charged with officiating the race. So there's still a human there. They still have to verify all this. They still make the call. They, yeah. they do make the call, but the computer – Will tell them, hey, there's a there's an infraction here. It'll show a red box on the screen or uh-huh. a green box, and if it shows a red box, the the official then reviews that you know that pit stop, whatever happened from you know five seconds before to five seconds after, or whatever the time frame is, but it's long before and long after, and they watch every single thing, and you know the uh, whatever the computer is calling out is what exactly they'll look for during this during this pit stop, and oftentimes, I mean, almost every time. The computer is exactly right. I can see a lot of pit crews hating this because yeah. you might be, uh, you might become accustomed to being able to slide, uh, a couple things under the radar. Yeah. So I think there's two frames of thought or two, two schools of thought on that, Ben, mm-hmm. is that, yeah, some of them hate it because they want to be able to, you know, just to, just cheat a little bit, I guess, or bend the <laughs> bend the rules maybe a little bit. I don't, I wouldn't want to say cheat, you know. I, I hate to say cheat. That's like you but, are. Um, I, I stole a little bit. Well, <laughs> you know, they get used to doing certain things, I guess, and that does kind of cramp their style. But the the teams, from what I've heard, have said that it promotes kind of an overall fairness to the whole thing as well. Everybody's on an equal playing field, and and the penalties that they receive. I mean, if you're curious about that, it's not like at the end of the race they calculate them up and then take away spots from you. Oh, no, yeah. they happen in real time. So, yeah, the, I mean, we're talking about, you know, if you have to have a restart and you have a, a penalty, you know, there's an infraction that happens in your, in your pit box, you might have to restart at the tail end of the field. Or you might have, uh, you know, a multiple lap penalty if it's severe enough. There might be a stop-and-go penalty that you have to serve almost immediately. But one of the really cool things is that under the old system – someone would have to just like explain it to the racing team, which yeah. I'm sure as in any other sport can promote arguments between people, yeah. between officials and team members. Uh, but back in this, in this trailer, the, uh, the officials send video clips of each infraction to the race team. Yeah. They've got a pit box there. Yeah. With monitors. I'm sure everybody has seen the pit boxes. Mm-hmm. They're pretty fancy. You know, they got seats on them. They got umbrellas. They've got monitors for the crew to watch, you know, when they're not, uh, you know, doing their thing and the, the, the team owner. So they do send a, a video clip, right? And they say, yeah. here's why. Uh huh. Here's your penalty. Serve it now or else, uh, you know, you get disqualified or you get, uh, you know, if, if you don't serve this stop and go, uh-huh. you're going to get, uh, you know, a two lap penalty or whatever it would be. And at the start of each week, the teams also get a, a compilation video, a supercut of all their pit stops <laughs> from the earlier week. 
That's pretty cool. I'd like to watch that. Yeah, I'd love to watch it. I hope it's not just – I hope there's never been a situation where it's always the one guy. <laughs> I hope there's nobody who well, accidentally starred in that supercut. You know, I, I bet – I hope that it's like good, good and bad. You know, it's like here's just every single pit stop that you had. Here are the three that you had trouble with. You know, here's the two that were okay. And it's not it, – it doesn't stop there. Every single detail that the officials log over the course of 500-plus pit stops is stored in a 40-terabyte database, which means that you can track track information uh, as never before. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're able to, to monitor fuel levels, you know, the types of body repairs that they've used. Um, it just They can watch every single thing. They know exactly how many tires they went through, uh, so there's no – uh, you know, having to trust the teams to report the right numbers, uh, you know, that, they, that they've, uh, you know, whatever they've um, uh, kind of burned through over the race weekend, right. I guess. Uh, it's just simply, it's a, it's just a way to keep all the teams completely honest. And I think that, you know, again, as you said, some teams probably rebel against this and try to cheat the system a little bit. Other teams are totally fine with it. You know, they're, they're on board, you know, that, uh, you know, think that it promotes a, a more level plane. Right. And it's not even... It's not even cheating necessarily. It's just sometimes when people are accustomed to things functioning one way, you want the stuff you're acclimatized to. And what's nice is that they can show the teams exactly where the error happens. Like if, you know, a, a, let's say that a, a, a toe of one team member touches the ground before the car is in the box. That's not allowed. Right. And if, if, if they do that and they could say like, here, here it is right here. It's this guy, you know, whoever, whatever his name is, John Smith, uh, touched the ground, <laughs> you know, point one of a second before the car entered the box. Right. Uh, you know, they're able to point out and say that that's, you know, as small as that is, that is a, a penalty. That's a, that's an infraction. You have right. to, you have to serve for that. Just watch it next time. And the team will likely be more careful about that next time. And it makes everybody, play a little more fair and a little better maybe. Makes and, everything work yeah. a little better. And also think about the long game. If they're collecting all this information, it seems like now, no matter what discipline we're talking about, no matter what field or sphere of public life, uh, every piece of technology is focused on aggregating information, right? Yeah. So there's a tremendous advantage over time for someone to say, what are the best practices of pit stops from, you know, 2015 to 2025, and you can build a better pit process from this. You know what I also think is good about this is that, that it takes away some of the hostility towards the officials. <laughs> you know, like, because there have been, in the past, there have been some, you know, some fights. I mean, you, sure. verbal abuse or physical of abuse of, of the officials that are in the box uh, for whatever penalty they called. This is a very dispassionate system. I mean, it's something that, um, you know, it's like the unblinking eye, I guess. You know, it, 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 the it, eye sees, of it sees everything. It really does. <laughs> and, 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 you know, here's video proof of what you did and here's your penalty. I mean, it, it takes that, uh, that human error element out of it. It t- also takes the human emotion element out of it. I think they realize like, OK, yeah, you're right. We had a, we had a problem with that last one. That's a stop and go penalty. Well, let's move on. It's not uh, you're not going to go out and argue with a guy, you know, and bump chests for, you know, half a lap while the car comes back. You know, man, I think that is so cool of you to say that. I obviously want to agree, but I cannot completely agree because fixing technology or fixing a process is not the same as fixing people. You know, I, I, I think there will still be arguments. I I hope that it mitigates that. I hope there are fewer arguments. Yeah. But I can still see somebody going, oh, that's 
bull snot. Well, you know, there's still plenty of tension between teams and, and <laughs> yeah, crew members. True. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of tension on a NASCAR track. And we've seen so many battles, you know, that happen on the track and off the track, uh, just simply between drivers and, and team, you know, crew members, pit crew members. Uh, you know, this maybe just takes the officials out of it a little bit more than, you know, the, the, uh, the stuff that they were subjected to right. during the race. They can still be angry at them, but, mm-hmm. you know, again, Here's that, uh, that, that dispassionate camera that is looking at the situation and saying, yeah, you, you, you know, committed this infraction, serve your penalty. It happens. <laughs> right. And, you know, the, the question would be then, what are the benefits of that system? We've outlined a few, but there's still a few more and we'll get to them right after a word from our sponsor. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We're we're back. I I may have slightly accidentally misdirected us just a little bit because oh. there's another important there's an, another important point. What do we miss? Well, remember when we were saying earlier that a process can change, but that's not the same as people changing. Yeah, pit crews are still trying to get over on this system. Oh yeah, there are a few little tricks that they try to pull. Right, they try to obscure the view of the camera. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. check it out. This is 
I get it, but let's we can admit this is a little petty. I mean, whatever works, right? Yeah. So one tactic that people use when they're trying to get over on the system is they wear all black, or they put a black banner on the wall, and they jump into the shadow in hopes the camera won't pick it up. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work. That's the thing. They, <laughs> it they, doesn't work. Well, you know what? They may it may make them feel better about it, but they try, right? I mean, I think that's what this whole sport is about, really, is trying to trying to get one over on the officials, and then. You know, then, of course, next week the rules change, as we said, but that's, that's pretty clever, actually, you know, to put a black banner over the wall, black flag or whatever, right. so that it, it makes the entire wall dark, and then try to wear black so that, and black shoes or whatever, so they can't detect the exact moment when your toe touches the ground. But that's the, okay, but that's the thing. We're talking about overlapping monitors. They're multiple monitors, and they're time synced, and it's not like these people can't zoom in. You know, this is a pretty expensive system. Well, Ben, okay, here's the other thing, too, is there are so many penalties to be had in the pit er, pit road area of a NASCAR track. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton, and I, I, I can't read all of them. There's there's just no way. Give me um, some. But I've, give, I've got, give, give us some good ones, some <laughs> right. of the juicy ones. Well, I mean, I, I guess juicy. I mean, I'd have to really um, dig through this, but I guess one would be um, – one that this this typically catches or catches all the time is a car driving through more than three pit boxes to enter their pit stall. So, you know, let's say you, you – you know, instead of pulling right up to it and then making kind of that hard left turn and, and kind of, you know, making an S turn into your pit box. Yeah. You make it more of a gradual entry into your pit box and then a gradual exit as well. I think there's another rule that says you can't drive over more than three pit boxes to exit the pit stall that as well. That just seems really tempting. Well, it, it is, but, you know, it puts a, the other crew members in danger if, you know, or officials, if they were out wandering around in a pit box three boxes away, uh, you know, if they cut the corner of that, that's, that's the, the, the problem. Um, of course, there's uh, speeds. You know, speeds vary on every um, NASCAR track, and that kind of depends on the track size. It can go from anywhere from I think it's 55 miles an hour at Talladega down to like 30 miles an hour at, at Martinsville. Uh, so that's one thing. But I don't think the cameras are so much doing that as um, as watching for you know them to you know inappropriately toss or throw the the fuel filler equipment. That's a that's a penalty. Um, you know, if a tire rolls beyond the center, uh, the center of pit road, that's a penalty as well. If you hand push the car or truck more than three pit boxes to restart it, that's a penalty. Uh, so, you know, the, the camera is really good at picking up exactly where they stop pushing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if it's three pit boxes away, that's a penalty. It's, it's simple to check with a, with a camera and you can back it up and go forward as much as you want and, and to determine that. Um, you know, there's stuff with a blend line, you know, when you're exiting the pits, you know, that, that is all able to be seen through these cameras as well. Um, I guess, uh, you know, pitting out of the assigned pit box, that's one, that's a pretty easy one to spot, I think. I don't know if that necessarily needs, um, cameras to, to spot, but, uh, if you're doing, you know, unapproved mechanical adjustments, you know, like if you're adjusting the flaring of the rocking panel, uh, the rocker panels rather, uh, that, that's something that's not allowed. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're running over equipment, let's say that you run over an air hose, uh, that's a big penalty. Sometimes that's not caught by an official if it's, you know, out of their view, if it's on the other side of the car. Um, again, it all comes to vantage point and the vantage point that these cameras have, these Hawkeye systems from, you know, the, the top of the, the grandstands, they've got an incredible view. And with with all the overlapping that these 46 cameras do, mm-hmm. uh, there's just nothing that they miss on pit road. It's, it, they're, they're constantly being watched. And these penalties, it seems there's so many. I, I, I can't imagine. Again, 177 is what they caught in that first test race versus three the officials caught. That's an incredible disparity between the two numbers. I mean, that shows you the value of a system like this for catching these infractions. Mm-hmm. And 
We it, still haven't talked about benefits. Oh yeah, we have. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's I, what we said. I miss. I misled us. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mislead us. That no, I set a bad example for you. This is on me. <laughs> but there are there are uh, there are, there are clear benefits. Uh, just to name a couple that we've already outlined, uh, it is going to be more accurate. Mm-hmm. And as Scott, you had said, there is not a. a well, there's much less of a gray area. Yeah, right? there's less traffic on pit road, right? Mm-hmm. It means that uh, there's less people out there. So 40 less individuals standing on pit road is a, is a big difference in a race. Uh, so officials, I mean, if, if you want to make this another um, uh, benefit, is that officials are actually in a safer place. They're in a trailer. They're they're tucked away. And, you know, if there is a, an official still down on pit road, and I think there probably are still officials in, on pit road, uh, they're in – they're over the wall. You know, they're behind the wall. They're in a safer spot. Um, it's just, as you said, it's a more accurate way to officiate the sport, which is always good, I think, because, you know, that, that keeps everybody on the level, right? That's a playing field leveler right there. I mean, if, if it's more accurate to begin with, um, and, uh, let's see what else. Oh, oh, you know what? They can send this data. As you said, you know, they give them kind of a, a best of, you know, after the weekend, they give them their, uh, you know, their pit, their pit, uh, stops to the whole thing, you know, the whole race, allow them to look at it and to review it. Not only that, they get this information that they can send to broadcasters. They can send it to fans to show, uh, you know, like um, I guess the popular drivers. Maybe if you know somebody wants to subscribe to, you know, the, the different channels that some of the uh, the television packages allow. Mm-hmm. This is the the footage that they use. Some of this footage is stuff, stuff that they uh, find invaluable for a service like that because that's the stuff that fans want. They want the inside scoop on on what happened in that last pit stop, why they why they received a stop and go penalty or why they were disqualified from the whole race. Um it just it really gives a better overall understanding of the rules to to everybody. I mean the whole the whole um series really benefits from something like this because they can understand, they can they can watch, they can see exactly what they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. They they get a better grasp of that really complex NASCAR set of rules that they've uh, they've built over the what sixty plus years now. Yeah, absolutely. What is this? It's more than that. Even it's like seventy some years now. Yeah, February twenty first, nineteen forty eight. So we're close. We're close. It's uh it's coming up on the seventieth uh, anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Hawkeye right. will be there. Right. <laughs> Hawkeye will be there. We're only a few months away. Mm-hmm. So uh, not a bad guess on our part. Not a bad guess. And, you know, I'd really be interested to uh, hear what you think, ladies and gentlemen. Is is this sort of progression of technology, is it improving the sport or diluting it? It, it brings us back to something I think we had talked about a little bit uh, earlier in some racing podcasts, you know, um, the institution of – you know, more eco-friendly vehicles, all electric racing, right? Uh, the idea of drone racing or racing uh, autonomous vehicles. Uh, Formula E. Ugh. Yeah, Formula E, Ugh. Scott's favorite, no, AKA. No, no. You know, I, I think, Ben, I, I personally, this is my own yeah. view, is that I, I kind of like seeing the officials over the wall and watching what's going on. You know, they're, they're hands on the knees, you yeah. know, really focused on what's happening during that pit stop. And then, I mean, just intense focus until they're, until they're back on the track. I, I like that. I like the kind of the old school NASCAR officials standing on the track. I know it's dangerous and I know they don't catch as many penalties or whatever, but I kind of like that, uh, uh, that historic part of NASCAR. I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool that they're introducing new technology and they're finding new ways to do things, but uh, I, I still would like to see the, the guy over the wall. What okay. do you think? Well, What's your gut on this? You could uh, – my gut is saying that the technology is 
more accurate. Yeah. Which makes well, the sport more competitive. Okay. But I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I mean, for Pete's sake, it's not going to hurt anybody to have the guy over there. And, you know, the three times he makes a call, the Hawkeye will probably agree with him. <laughs> so he's going to miss the other uh, – uh, the other 40 guys are going to miss the uh, probably, one, 174 that, uh, that they missed, right? And, well, I'm also yeah. wondering if Hawkeye will lead to um, a larger revision of what constitutes an infraction. What if you they know? watch the fans like this and they're like, oh, that guy right there has had four hot dogs? <laughs> I would not be surprised yeah. if they are. <laughs> we are living in an age where, again, technology is collecting all the data. So, about so if you're in the stands possible. and you see the Hawkeye system pointed from the pit wall back yeah. to the back to the stands. Watch out. It's not a kiss cam. That's when uh, that's when trouble begins. They're sending your uh, <laughs> they're sending your cholesterol levels to your doctor. <laughs> Yeah, your pulse right. has been logged yeah. on your seat. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a little strange, wouldn't it? Like, uh, oh my gosh, that guy—he's had six beers already, and uh, this is only like a three-hour race. <laughs> What's wrong? What's going on? Let's pull up his Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I feel like that. Like maybe, uh, nah, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, they're, they're you, just watching the cars. You know, one thing that's interesting um, too is I was talking to someone who works in aviation, and they said that we're. They, they said that we as a species are very close to having commercial airlines that can just fly autonomously, mm. like having UAVs that – well, unpiloted aerial vehicles that carry passengers. But the problem is that psychologically, customers would not accept that. Oh, yeah. Passengers would want to – you want to hear the, this is a captain speaking, you know, and not like a robo voice. Uh, so – I, I do think that there's something to be said for keeping the human element in an authoritative position in uh, any vehicular field. You mm-hmm. know, like I know you're very much uh, a skeptic of autonomous vehicles. And uh, in this case, you know, you have to ask how far can – how far can automation and racing go – before it's just computers versus computers. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. In this case, in this case, however, we still have the, you know, the driver, the crew members. Sure. We're just, we're taking, we are taking one individual out of the whole thing, but, um, you've got a trailer full of other officials that are still doing the same thing. It's just less people doing more work. And those, yeah. Well, and also those, um, those officials that we mentioned over the, uh, in the older system, those guys are pros. You don't get to NASCAR by like – you don't become a NASCAR official by showing up in the afternoon and bringing a six-pack. You and, know what I mean? And to be clear, just so we're, we, we mentioned this because I don't think we did, it's those guys that are in the trailer. Yes. And, and it's those guys that can also and have in the past make an override on the decision that the computer makes. Maybe there's a reason that they went through the forbidden box, you know, Um that's that's the type of thing. I don't know if that's a good example or not. There may be other things that are, are better examples, but uh, these officials have overridden the computer in the past, and I think they do it not not frequently. I mean, I think typically the system's good, uh, but they do do that kind of thing during the uh, during the race. Yeah, there should always be a. Um, I, I think there should always be a human at the wheel yeah. or at the ultimate switch. Human element. Yeah, a human element. Um, so overall, Scott. I would say that I am for this. Are you for it or against it? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say I'm for it, even though I would still like to see the officials over the wall. I think it's, but I I realize the danger, but I think I'm for this because, 
um, it does uh, it does seem to make the teams play a little bit more fairly. Well, we have we have uh, somehow landed on the same page about this one. Yeah, you know, I, but I do like to watch them. I would like to watch them trying to cheat the system. I think that would be fun too. Yeah, who doesn't so, want to dress in all yeah, black I and mean, jump around <laughs> in the shadows? <laughs> so, I mean, when you say it like that, I mean, but but the thing is, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's it's nice to say that um, it's nice to say that you want it to to be fair across the board, so everybody has an equal chance, you know, in in the pit road situation. But um, it is also fun to see the guys that are trying to get away with something. That's all I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Uh, and now we're almost toward the end of the show, Scott. But you had uh, one of your famous Scott Benjamin one more thing. Oh, I did. Yeah, remember uh, last? Uh, well, we were talking about hurricanes recently. Hurricane flood vehicles. And uh, there's one thing that I forgot to get to in that episode, and it was that uh, just by coincidence, I think I had mentioned this, I, I had taken a trip up to Michigan to pick up a, a car for my daughter from her grandfather. Yes. Uh, it was her grandmother's car. She can't drive anymore, et cetera. If you haven't heard that, you can go back and listen to a previous episode, but <laughs> All right. uh, that saga. Uh, but I had driven it back, and of course, we haven't f- switched over the plates or anything. It was just days after my trip when uh, Hurricane Irma passed through the Atlanta area. And this is by coincidence completely. I called on, you know, the insurance company on a Friday to add that vehicle to our policy. And Irma was supposed to pass through our area on the next Monday. So what, three, four days away from that? Mm-hmm. They had a moratorium on all insurance policies in several states at that point. Our insurance company did. Uh, they were not adding, removing, changing any policy. For any vehicle, any home, any property, anything. Just frozen in time? Frozen. Completely frozen. So I couldn't add that vehicle to our policy, even though I'm in an area that's not really expected to be flooded, and it wasn't. Um, I was unable to add the vehicle to our insurance. Uh, so it's in the garage. You know, it's still got plates on it and everything, and there's probably – there's a way around all this. You know, it'll still be legal. Um and it will be insured eventually, but even now, even as we speak, mm-hmm. there's still this several state moratorium on policies and policy changes in the area. And it's something I just had never considered uh, when something like this is happening. It's just bad timing. I mean, if you had bought a new vehicle, I don't know what you'd do. I mean, if you were picking something up from, you know, the dealership lot, you know, the week before, even though you're not really in the storm ravaged area, you're you're just kind of in its uh, kind of – uh, the outer skirts path, I guess, maybe the edges of it, you know, the tropical mm. storm area. Um, you just be, uh, as you said before, SOL. Yeah. Yeah. Straight out of luck. Straight out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, I don't know what we're going to do really. I mean, I guess I have to wait another week or so and then try yeah. again, but it's, it's a strange thing. I just had never thought of it. I, and you know, that's, you know, the reason is because people would say, well, you know, I'd like to get, take out a million dollar policy on that Dodge Caliber. Right. I, it makes sense, unfortunately. Yeah. Or suddenly, I, th- I think I'd like, um, you know, property damage in the amount of uh, $7 million for my house that's worth 200000 Or you guys could pull up your tent stakes and move to uh, Oklahoma, which, as we learned in a previous episode, has the highest number of uninsured drivers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we could just uh, just kind of let it ride. Just <laughs> just let it ride. Yeah. Become an Okie. <laughs> Well, anyways, I thought it was interesting. I, I wondered if anybody else had dealt with a similar thing where you're kind of stuck. You can't add it. You can't do the the right thing. You can't add a vehicle to your policy. Talk about a rock and a hard place. Yeah, well, we're not driving it, so that's okay in our situation. But I wonder what somebody in the same area would do with a brand new vehicle or a, a new to them used vehicle. It might really, yeah, you're right. It might put you in a really bad spot for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And this. Uh yeah, this is something important. We need to hear about this because this is 
a way that potentially somebody could, through no fault of their own, end up uh, in legal trouble. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know what they call it, extenuating circumstances maybe. But but again, try to explain that to the uh, the state trooper on the side of the road. Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, do do your best. Give it the old college try. Well, <laughs> hopefully you are not in that situation. Uh, but we would love to hear your opinion on the technological innovations in NASCAR. Finally, the <laughs> officials are doing some tech innovation. Yeah, yeah. Are and f- and uh, keep your eye open for systems like this in other sports too. If you're mm-hmm. if you're watching a tennis match or a golf match or anything. Keep your eye open for these Hawkeye systems because apparently it's a big company, and I don't know if they're the only one that's doing it right now, but um, they're pretty visible. Yeah. I mean, you can see the cameras. You can see the trailers that, that, that operate this thing, um, and you know the types of sports that they, they officiate. So uh, so keep an eye open for it. You might, uh, you might learn something. Hawkeye, it's not just for snooker. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Snooker. In the meantime, if you're a fan of racing, you can check out all of the racing podcasts we have done in the past. They are available for free at our website, carstuffshow.com. You can find Scott and I on Facebook and Twitter, where we are CarStuffHSW. And if you have an idea that you feel your fellow friends, neighbors, and listeners would enjoy, you can email us directly. We are CarStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.